I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, um, I almost got ran over by a truck and died. Twice. Let's get into the story. So the first story takes place on a Saturday afternoon after getting destroyed <laughs> in Call of Duty by one of my friends, Justin. I mean, it's in his name. His name is Justin. So after he shattered my dreams of becoming a professional Call of Duty player, I decided to skate home and sleep it off. So on the way from Justin's house to my house is a steep road that leads to a sharp corner that turns into my street. I had skated this corner many times before, so I went full speed down the road and as I approached the corner, I heard a car coming fast from my side of the street. I then realized I was about to die because the one thing that I hadn't learned to do on my longboard was to power slide and stop the board in an emergency. So as I'm getting closer to the corner, my board is picking up more speed and there is clearly no way that I can stop it. I had two options. I could either one, jump off the board and pull a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, let's go, or I could attempt power sliding, which could potentially yeet me across the street and break a couple bones, but um, I was worth the risk, you feel me? But then I had an idea. I could take a chance and try to reach the corner before the car did and then jump onto the pile of sand across the street and break my fall. But before I could execute my master plan, the front of the car popped out the corner and it was coming right for me, bruh. At first, I thought the car was gonna go past the road, but no, it was coming right at me. So there was no way of me going past it, bro. I was facing it directly. I swear this moment I passed out for a split second. Think I had a micro heart attack. So in an act of desperation, I leaned as close to the curb as I could. Luckily for me, there was a hedge in that corner to lean on and barely pass the car and get to the other side. I was this close to getting ran over by this huge truck, bro. When I got home, I went right to sleep, bro. Knocked me out, bro. Traumatized for life 101. I woke up at 10 p.m., like 10 hours later, bro. I didn't skate for a while after that. 
I was I was done. Or oh, that's what I thought. A few months passed by and me and Justin are on our way to the library on our skateboards. We could have easily just used the money my mom gave me to Uber there, but me and Justin thought it would be fun to skate instead. We had done this plenty of times before. We would use this money to buy snacks to munch on our way to the library. So halfway on our journey to the library, we reached the bridge that went over the train track. On this bridge, there was two stop signs that stood right in the middle of the sidewalk. So me and Justin would have to crunch our way through the narrow spaces between the handrail and the stop signs whilst going downhill a bridge. Like I said before, we had done this plenty of times before. We were professionals. So Justin goes past the first stop sign second sign smooth bryant nice and then i go past the first top sign and then just before i could pass the second one a truck appears out of nowhere and hoots right behind me bro this startles me and my boat starts wobbling i panic and then my where are you going you're lost dollar tree headset so free freer than a public restroom your little dog waters your pr earning check oh we have none board jams into the handrail and sends me flying into the sidewalk bro the truck barely misses me by like a meter and a half i stood up from my elbows and knees all bruised up my friend justin saw what had happened stopped and came to help me up and we continued to the library on foot I never told my parents about this because I knew they would get into a whole lecture and they would probably take away my skateboard. So I decided to keep it a secret. If there's one lesson that I learned from these two scenarios, it is that when your mom gives you Uber money, use the money for Uber. Snacks are not worth your life. Damn, you know, I wonder whatever happened to that truck, 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 truck. Keep your head down, Mr. Your Highness. I don't want the cops to see us, okay? Now listen up, everybody, eh? I'm gonna take you to my auntie place, Aunt Rosetta. She, she make best tortilla. Everybody eat tortilla, eh? Everybody tortilla, eh? Legic? You're legend? You're not a legend? Okay. Everybody me eat tortilla by my auntie house. If you don't eat uh, tortilla, eh? I have to kill you, you. Jaden, please keep your head down, you sweet thing. I don't want to kill you. I wanna die. I don't wanna die. You don't wanna, Mister Domix. Please keep your head down, bro. What the fuck? You take me best place. Any miss this 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 Guys, yo, dude, dude, stop. Yo, dude, stop. What are you doing? Yo, yo, let's go. Oh, my God. What the hell? Daddy. Oh. Prince of our city. I was popular, rich, and every girl wanted to date me. I wasn't even out of high school yet, and I got proposals left and right. 
Some families would come knocking at our door, pushing their daughters at me and begging my mom and dad to arrange a marriage between our families. See, dad owned a gold mine and a huge farm the size of three mountains. I was at the top of my class every year, and I was able to charm anyone I talked to. Everyone at school was my friend. I was the teacher's pet. Every man and woman I passed on the street knew me by name. And I was happy. A lot of people considered me a catch. But one day, bad luck struck. Our mine caved in. And suddenly, our farm kept getting stolen from. My dad's businesses collapsed from under us. And one day, we lost him. And the battle for my inheritance began. Aunts and uncles and cousins I've never even heard of came to visit. They talked sweet to me and did everything to get my favor. They basically made themselves my servants, feeding me and cleaning my house and getting me everything I needed before I even knew I needed it, just so they could have a share of what my parents had left. Josh, dearie, don't you think you should give your uncle and I a chance at running the farm? You're so young and inexperienced. Let us take the load off your back. My dad said we're far enough cousins that we can marry. I, I mean... I'm pretty, and wouldn't you rather keep it in the family? Oh, shut up, Mariana. If you want to marry someone, Josh, marry my daughter. She's going to give you lots of heirs. We already know she can since she's just had her second baby. But my dad left me a letter in his will, and in it, he warned me against the vipers that were my relatives. He knew they were greedy and would do anything to get their hands on money. And so... I made it very clear that none of them were going to have anything to do with mom and dad's fortune. That's when the family soured against me. They wanted nothing to do with me. I had just gotten into college when I had to go back home and run the farm. And I had to deal with the caved-in mine. I didn't want the farm to sink further and further into debt. So, I sacrificed everything and went home. I left everything behind and lived at the farm. I had nothing else. I poured all my time, energy, and effort into bringing it back. But every morning, we would wake up only to find half of our harvest gone and stolen. I stayed up that night and watched from atop the mountain. People were holding up lanterns, and I could see their face clearly. It was the very same aunt and uncle who wanted control of the farm. And when I ran down and called out after them, they ran with their minions, disappearing into the night and turning their lanterns off, so we couldn't see where they went. I followed the footsteps in the morning, and they led directly to my aunt and uncle's house. I was ready to call the cops on them when another uncle came between us. Don't you think fighting amongst family is bad? And anyway, it's not your farm, is it? So it's not your fruit they stole. N not my farm? Your dad bought that land with my money. Which he already paid back. I wonder what my lawyers have to say about that. Besides, the farm's in debt. Only I can save it. And if I do, it will become mine. He was rich. He was already so rich. His mansion had 30 rooms. But why did he want my farm, too? I tried to fight it, but it was useless. My mom was too weak to try and even fight for her own rights. Dad's family never did like her. They always saw my mom as a gold digger, even though she was the one who worked twice as hard as Dad ever did. Mom didn't want his family hating her even more, so she told me to step aside and just do as they wanted. And soon, they took Dad's farm. 
My own inheritance. Then they claimed my house, too. The only thing they didn't claim was the mine. They thought it was hopeless. When my relatives kicked Mom and I out of our house, we had to live in that cave. We were so poor we would go begging in the city. We would knock at the doors of old friends' houses. But suddenly, they were all closed to us. And those many friends we used to have became strangers. They laughed behind our backs and told lies about my mom. What they all didn't know was that we weren't going to be poor for very long. While I was digging around in Dad's old office there, I found a box. And in it was a letter Dad had written to me years before. In it, he told me that if the time ever came that I needed desperate help... I had to go to a certain bank in town and hand them a key. The key was taped to the back of the letter. Mom and I wasted no time, and the moment I showed the key to the banker, he hurried to the back, and in a second, the bank manager came out to greet me. He led me to the vaults down below, and there, I saw a mountain of gold. I thought to myself how Dad used to make that much gold in the mine, but my daydream was squashed when the bank manager led me to a different room full of metal boxes. He opened one and fished out the only content. A piece of paper. Another letter? I was already disappointed. N no, this is in fact a deed to a house. Your father instructed that if you're ever in trouble, you must make it your residence. I was annoyed. Why couldn't he have just left us some sort of savings? When we got to the house, I was even more annoyed. It was tiny. Tiny enough that the people who knew we were moving there laughed at us and told us that the cave we were living in was bigger. It was the cheapest house in town, and our neighbors made sure to mock us for it. Look at how the mighty have fallen! Yeah, serves him right. Did you know? I asked him to prom once, but he took that nerd Sarah Hyde instead of me. Well, who's laughing now? It had only one bedroom, so I ended up sleeping on the couch. But I guess that was lucky. Because one night, I was having trouble sleeping. And I realized why. The lights were off, but somehow it was still bright. I never realized that light was streaming in from somewhere. So I looked for the source. And then I found something odd behind the bookshelf. There was a small door and there was light coming from the other side. I tapped everywhere. I tried to find a lock, a, a doorknob, a switch, but I couldn't find anything. And then I saw the keyhole, and the door opened to the very same key that was in the back of that letter Dad wrote me. I was scared, but the tunnel was lit by bright lights. I walked about a kilometer, and when I surfaced, I realized I was in the very same vault I visited before. And this time, I was in the room where all that gold was. I see you've finally discovered the secrets of the house. I jumped in surprise. The banker just appeared out of nowhere. I... I... Is this... All yours. You may use that tunnel anytime you like. There will always be someone in this vault to help you, should you need it. I was so excited. I ran all the way back and woke my mom up. I showed her the gold and she nearly fainted. We didn't live any differently. We just lived a humble, normal life. I realized the moment people saw again how much we had, they would descend on us like the vultures they were. And so, mom and I only took what we needed. Until one day, while I was walking my dog and I met someone who changed my life.
Her name was Hannah. We were in love from that moment on. Her dog became my dog's boyfriend, and I became hers. Eventually, we got married, and it was only then that she's told me that she was actually the heiress to a huge ranch right beside my dad's old farm. She couldn't bear to see mom and me living in that tiny home, so she made us move into her farm mansion. It was then that I saw my uncle and aunt digging furiously at my dad's farm. I learned that the rumor of my dad's hidden treasure had been known to my relatives for a long time, and that's why they wanted the farm so bad. They thought my dad had buried it there. I flaunted my new life to them, because with every day that passed, the farm went into more and more debt. And that's when my relatives tried to break up my marriage. They spread rumors, told my wife's family that I was using their daughter, that I was a gold digger like my mom. And it almost worked. Hannah's dad almost made her get a divorce. But to make sure they understood I wasn't in it for Hannah's inheritance, I took them all to the vault. I even took a picture of us. And on that day, I dropped a bunch of those photos at my uncle's house. They will never know where the treasure was hidden. They begged me for help. They begged me to help pay their debt. Well, it seems I'm the only one who can pay for the farm's debt. And if I do, the farm will be mine. That was the first time I spent that much money on myself. I cashed in ten gold bars, and in a week, the farm was back in my name. I evicted my uncles, my aunts, and all the cousins who had stolen my inheritance from me. I installed guards, and if any of them came anywhere close, they would be charged with trespassing. Mom lived at our old farmhouse, and I lived with my new wife at hers. Together, we ran the farms and transformed them into a tourism destination. I no longer worried about anyone stealing my harvest. And the people who looked down on me and laughed at me for living in a tiny house were suddenly quiet. They begged to be my friends again, but I ignored them. I had no room in my life for fair-weather friends. After all, I had everything I needed. My wife, our new son, my mother, and our two dogs. Every year, Hannah's family would visit, and we'd have a huge party. It was something that everyone in town wanted to attend, and they were all invited. Except my relatives, of course. Hi everyone, my name is Alan. I was diagnosed with a slight form of autism a long time ago. But I don't know what it means, because I'm fine. I will tell you how I built my ideal world to live in. It turned out to be easier than I thought it would be. Honestly, I don't see any deviations or whatever they say behind me. I have a great vocabulary, I read a lot of books, though I don't really like talking to people. I have the highest grades in my studies. My dad hired a tutor at home and he worked with me. But we sat in different rooms and watched everything on a big screen. I was uncomfortable at the thought of him being around. The only friend I had was my father. He was the only one I could get along with and talk to, though not much either. Where is my mother? I have no idea. Only once I heard that she ran away, and there were no more questions. My dad works a lot. We're rich. I don't see that as a big deal. Unless they buy me whatever I want. But I get used to new things very slowly. Which is why I have in my room all the toys from childhood are still there, and even some furniture and clothes. I ate the same thing too, eggs and bacon for breakfast, chicken soup for lunch, and grilled vegetables and meat for dinner. Dad knew about it and didn't even question it, but one day, life began to change, and I, as you might have realized, don't like new things. Three of our maids quit at once.
The old ones already knew how to behave. We hardly ever saw each other, and if we did, I would leave or they would leave, so we wouldn't even cross paths at different ends of the hallway. So, we quickly looked for new ones, and we found one. Her name was Mary. Dad came into my room and sat across from me. I was playing with Lego. Hi, Dad. Hi, son. How are you doing? Do you play with Lego? Yeah, I like Lego. Alan loves Lego and Lego loves Alan. Do you want me to get you some more pieces? Yes, bye. I want more, lots of them. Yeah, soon you won't have room in your room for Lego. I will, I will. All right, son, I'll buy you the same old Lego. Okay. Son, there's something I need to tell you. What is it? I was building Lego houses and I didn't even look my father in the eye. I didn't like to do that with anybody. We got a housekeeper. Her name is Mary. I know you don't like new people, just so you know, and don't get scared if you see. New, I don't like new things. Alan does not like new. She's not dangerous. Mary knows your boundaries and she promised not to break them. Why did you bring her? We need help around the house. She's going to do the cooking. Scrambled eggs, soup and? Grilled meat, I remember. And I'll ask her to cook just like she used to. Okay, Dad. He was worried, and I could feel his excitement. It made me uncomfortable. Dad left for work. I stayed behind to keep building Legos. Then it was time for breakfast. I went out to the kitchen, as usual. There used to be a breakfast stand there at 8.30 no earlier, no later. I was never late, but as I walked into the dining room, I noticed a girl standing there. She is setting the table, I froze at the door with discomfort. Good morning, come on in, I already poured your tea. I felt so sick, I mumbled, looking at the floor, that I wasn't drinking tea, I was drinking water. She poured the water and pushed the chair aside. I wanted to eat, so I sat down there, but she wouldn't leave, circling me, serving me a fork, a knife, bread. Man, I was starting to get really nervous. I didn't finish my breakfast, I just got up and ran out and texted my dad to hurry up and buy Lego. And he brought it to me. I was sitting there all nervous when my dad came into the room with three big boxes of Legos. They were the same, exactly the same as the ones I had. I immediately started building more houses with them. There were already dozens of assembled houses in my big room. My dad praised me, kissed me, and went back to work, and I stayed home. After a while, Mary knocked on my room and came in without permission. I lowered my eyes to the floor again and she started babbling non-stop. What do you want? Just to clean the place up a little, dust it off. You can stay here, or you can go to the other room. You don't have to clean here, I told you. All right, all right, I'll just do a little. I left the room in silence, went to my father's room, sat there reading. I was gone for an hour, I went back to my room and I was horrified to see that it was just a mess. Everything was out of place, everything has been rearranged, and something is no longer there. What have you done? Why? Cleaned up? Why? What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. I'll redo it. It's all wrong here. I don't like it. My boundaries. You violated them. Why did you do that? I was so angry. I started calling my daddy and cursing. He flew in from work and calmed me down, and then he promised to talk to Mary. I knew I couldn't see her anymore. While dad was at his place I took the most precious things and started dragging them to the woods near the house. I had always liked it, so I found a nice quiet spot and started building a Lego house there. When I ran out of parts, 
I would go back to the room and get more. Now I was in the room less often. Only on the second day, I realized that I had already dragged everything and I was out of Legos. I wanted to ask my father to buy more, so I went to his office. I went in without knocking, as usual, and saw Mary there. They were standing there kissing. I was disgusted. I was angry with my father. It was like a betrayal, a betrayal of me. How could he even do that? I quickly turned around and ran out of the house. Dad shouted my name and ran after me, but I was faster than him. I found my house, the woods, and hid in it. I sat inside and was sure that he wouldn't find me, that no one would find me at all now. But after about 15 minutes, my father showed up. He cautiously climbed inside and sat by the exit. What a house you built out of Lego, it's as big as our house. It's just an ordinary house, nothing special. How many Lego parts did you use? 1,300,674 pieces. How many blue ones? How many red ones? 650,000 red, 650,674 blue. Your house is very big and bright, and you can see it all over the forest. I didn't want it to be conspicuous, I just wanted. I just wanted you to have your own space. Yeah, where you don't have to clean. Where there's no Mary. I'm sorry for what you saw. Do you love her? No, no. I don't. I like her, I really do, but I didn't want you to find out about it. If you marry her, you'll leave me. What? Who told you that? That's what grown-ups do. My mom. She fell in love with someone and left me. She left me and she didn't even call me. Okay, son. Let me hug you. First of all, I'm not your mother, I'm your father, and I have no intention of leaving you. You're my son and I love you. Second of all, I'm not going to get married yet. I like Mary, but it's too soon to think about getting married. You just want her for fun? What? How do you know about that? Well, you like having someone clean your room. It makes you feel good, and Mary likes to clean rooms. Oh, you mean that? Yeah, you're right. But I asked her not to touch your room anymore and another maid will cook for you. Just the way you like it. Breakfast scrambled eggs and bacon, lunch chicken soup, and for dinner? Grilled meat and vegetables for dinner. I remember. Okay, Dad, I got it. I won't sneak out again. Let's go home, huh? Yeah. We went to the house. And my huge Lego house we decided not to demolish. Then Dad said that this house could collapse, so he fixed it with something on the inside. I also heard that there was a news story about him. Like, the austere guy built the biggest house out of Lego. I don't know if that's good or bad and what that even means, but I didn't care. My dad bought more Lego boxes, and I started building new houses, only smaller ones in my room. I wanted them to be everywhere. Only with Lego, I felt better and more talkative than usual. My dad says it's the only thing that gives me pleasure. And I don't know for sure yet. I also like ice cream. Well, as for Mary, she's been trying to keep out of my sight. I don't know how she and dad were doing, how often she cleaned his room, but she never went into mine again. She didn't understand my world, and she didn't understand anybody's world. So if you don't want to end up on the autism blacklist, don't overstep his bounds. Hi, my name is Reggie. Want to hear a story about how to make money? Well, then look here. Guys, do not forget to put likes, subscribe to the channel, and comment on my story. To begin with, please tell me, at what age did you first start earning money? How much and where? 
My beginning of the story is a bit sad, but that's what prompted me to pull myself together and start acting. So listen up. I was born into a full family. I have a mother and three sisters, and my father was there until he went out the door for bread. We haven't seen him since. Well, about everything by the strand. As you have already understood, we are a large family. I am the oldest child in the family. My parents wanted to give birth to a girl for complete happiness. My mother could not get pregnant for a long time. The dream of a girl haunted me. My mother cried at night. I heard her praying that heaven would send her another child. Her age was no longer young and yet she got pregnant. It was a great holiday for us. My father came home early from work and my mother told him the news. I was about 15 years old at the time. Everything was great and then suddenly changed. When my mother went for the first ultrasound, what they were told shocked both of them. You have triplets, the doctor said. My father could not believe it. My mother was crying, but these were tears of happiness. And when she gave birth, I remember running around the hospital looking for food for my mother. I couldn't wait to see my little sisters. The status of an older brother attracted me. And so, three beautiful girls were born. Eileen, Leah, and Mia. They were a copy of their father. At first, Dad was beside himself with happiness, but after a week, he realized how hard children are given. In addition to the fact that he began to shirk from helping my mother, he also quietly dumped all the responsibilities of the house on me. I even learned how to cook, clean, wash, and iron. It was terribly hard for me. I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't have time to do any homework. My mother saw it. She was grateful, but it was still harder for her. And then it turned out that it was hard for my father. He could not stand it. And his words about the girls being the biggest reward disappeared somewhere. My father went out to get some bread and didn't come back. We realized this almost immediately when we looked at the table. There were three bags of bread. My mother was upset and then desperate. I couldn't watch her suffer, so I started helping her with the girls. Sometimes he could even put them to sleep so that mom could get some sleep. Did I think I'd quit too? because that's not what real men do. In the end, the money began to run out and my mother was even more panicked. We were wondering how we should live, and I promised my mother that I would take care of her. After school, I also began to work as a waiter. In the summer, I washed cars, walked dogs, cleaned swimming pools and gardens at neighbors. In winter, I cleaned snow. In autumn and spring, yards from debris and leaves. I didn't get paid to say that a lot, but with a good economy, we have enough for bills, food, and diapers. My mother thanked me every day for everything, but how could I not? To be honest, the first couple of months were still normal, but then it became very difficult. I remember that I started exams at school, and because of frequent absences, I still had to take individual subjects. There was a complete blockage at school, and a lot of problems at work. I accidentally broke 23 plates in a cafe, spilled hot coffee on a visitor, and gave the wrong change. I was deprived of my salary for a whole week. I came home and found out that the girls were sick. I didn't have the money to buy medicine. I didn't even know how to get out of it now, because it was the end. My mother came to me all tearful. She felt sorry for me, but I wanted to stay strong in her eyes. I kissed her and went outside. I didn't know where to go or what to do, and I didn't want anything. I was desperate like my mom. When I crossed the road, I didn't pay attention to the traffic light. I was hit by a car. Oh no, not much. I got off with a couple of bruises because the speed was slow. The woman who came out of there in a panic began to walk around me. 
it turned out to be the owner of the institution where I worked. I met her at the hospital. Mrs. Biggins was very nice, unlike our receptionist. She called my mother and promised to bring me home, reassured her, explaining that nothing terrible had happened to me. My mother wanted to come, but with three children in her arms, it was difficult, so I asked her to stay at home. I told Mrs. Viggins about our situation, and she was impressed and even cried. I have long wanted to fire the administrator. I heard rumors that he steals the cash register, and also steals broken dishes on young waiters like you, and then in this way launders money for supposedly new plates, she said. It was only at that moment that I suddenly realized that I hadn't seen how many plates I had broken or whether it was me, because I was carrying an order when I heard the clatter of dishes behind me. Mrs. Biggins brought me home, left a tidy sum for my recovery and for the girls, and the very next day I came to work for the proceedings. She was right. It turns out that while no one was watching, she set up a camera where you can see how I turn away to carry the order, and at this moment the administrator pulls out a tray with shards and pushes it to the floor, and then pretends that it was me. He asked not to go to the police and return all the loot, but the owner did not forgive him and still called the police. She appointed me to take his place, and promised me a promotion. I agreed to start work in a week to close the tales of my studies. Over time, everything improved. My mother couldn't express her gratitude, and I knew how embarrassed she was, but I did it from the heart, and I knew I was doing it right. In the end, I passed all the exams, not perfectly, but it will go. And then I came to the cafe. Mrs. Viggins was waiting for me, and I was glad of it. Almost immediately, I started a new position, began to receive even more money. So a few years passed, the girls grew up, and my mother was looking for a nanny to go to work herself. I was supposed to be going to college by then, and Mrs. Viggins offered me a great option. She promised to pay for half of my studies if I stayed to help her with her business. She had no children and no family, and she liked me, so I gladly agreed. Undoubtedly, everyone has hard times, but the main thing to remember is that all the best is always waiting ahead. What do you guys think? Hey, my name's Phil. I'm just a normal guy living my boring teenage life. Some call me a nerd. Well, yeah, I am a straight-A student. I don't have many friends, probably because they're jealous of my grades, but that's it. I'm far from a nerd. I think I'm pretty cool, and I mean, I look okay, and I'm funny. If not, then the coolest kids in school wouldn't have invited me to their party, right? I guess every school has a group of popular rich kids. At my school, there was a group of four cool guys, Dylan, Mark, Jared, and Nick. They always have the latest iPhones, the best cars, and all the girls look at them with heart eyes. It started with Dylan. He was in the same Spanish class as me, and his grades were pretty bad. One day after class, he walked over to me and asked me to do his homework. In return, he would give me a ride home in his cool car. I agreed. The homework was a piece of cake anyway. That day, I got to sit in such a nice car for the first time ever. I enjoyed the ride as much as the admiration from all the girls as we drove away from the campus. Dylan got a good grade on his homework, so he told his friends. And they asked me to do their homework too. In exchange, I got to hang out with them. I didn't mind being a nobody at school. And I did have friends, but I couldn't deny that it was fun to hang out with the cool kids. I even got invited over to Mark's massive three-story home. Mark is like the alpha. They always met up at his house probably because his place was so amazing. He had a pool, gym, cinema, and a games room. Mark always ordered loads of pizza, and he never made me pay for it. Life was pretty amazing. 
I got to have a taste of the rich life. I knew I was still the outsider. Sometimes I'd walk into the room and they'd all fall silent. This made me feel a bit awkward, but I didn't think all that much of it. I mean, I was the new guy to their group. I guess they just needed a little time to get to know me properly. One day, this new kid at school called Kyle asked me to be his partner for a science project. He seemed a bit awkward. He was this big guy with an outdated style. His t-shirt was always tucked into baggy jeans. Hey, I know I'm not the most fashionable guy at school, but even I know this isn't a good look. Kyle didn't talk much about his family. I only knew that his parents were strict and didn't allow friends at home. He never even waited for me to walk to the bus station together. He just disappeared after school. Strange kid. But we both liked classic rock, which none of the other kids could relate to. So we clicked really fast. Meanwhile, I still hung out often with the cool kid squad. I also asked Kyle if he would like to join us, but he awkwardly refused. I presumed he didn't think he was cool enough. He did seem very interested in them, though, and asked me loads of questions. Every time I told him about what fun stuff I did with the squad, he seemed to brighten up and he asked me to tell him more. Poor guy. So I hung out with the cool kids more and bragged about everything to Kyle. Where we went, how they sometimes have red eyes and suffer mood swings, how I can never stay at Mark's place past 9 p.m. as they always have to do something, or about their continuous phone calls that they say are for sports betting and how they make me calculate and take notes for it. I really sounded like I was so close with them, and I was pretty proud of this fact. One time I was at Mark's, and I walked back from the restroom to overhear them talking about throwing a big party at a club downtown the night after. Oh, a party? I asked. They looked a bit off, but then Mark stuttered, Yeah, yeah you can come too. I was so excited. It'd be my first party ever. I might finally be able to find a girlfriend there. I rushed home to find my most fly outfit while I called Kyle to brag about it. Kyle didn't sound too excited for me. Instead, he was Mr. Serious, which was such a buzzkill. I put his attitude down to jealousy, but this kind of bugged me. It wasn't my fault he was shy and awkward. Now, let's talk about the club party. It was at this really trendy venue with an indoor pool, a diamond-encrusted bar, and there were beautiful women walking around in tiny bikinis. I was chilling in the VIP lounge with the boys, an exotic-looking cocktail in hand... This was the life. Out of nowhere, there was a loud bang as the cops suddenly burst in with guns. They told me to put our hands on our heads. I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. I was shut in an interrogation room at the police station. I panicked. Was I in big trouble, even though I had no idea what I was in big trouble for? Then, Kyle entered the room. Only, he was wearing a police uniform. I stared at him in confusion, and he just gave me an awkward look. Turns out Kyle wasn't actually called Kyle, and he wasn't a high school student. Instead, he was an undercover cop. I felt betrayed. Was he using me all this time? Did he frame me to arrest me? Was our friendship all fake? Then he told me that the four cool kids are actually related to a gang and are part of a drug trafficking chain. He went undercover to find the evidence he needed to arrest them once and for all. It turns out all my information had helped him do just that. He knew I was a good guy and didn't know anything about it, so he tried to pull me out of this ASAP before I sank deeper into it. I was free to go. <sighs> he then introduced himself for real this time. 
His name was Sam. He was 24, and he was married with a daughter. I'm still friends with Sam, and even drop by his house now and again to play video games and listen to classic rock tunes. It does worry me that I unknowingly got the cool kids into deep trouble. Sometimes I wake up in the night and freak out that their families will come and punish me for what happened. Sam says I will be fine, as nothing is traceable to me. I still can't quite believe that hanging out with the cool kids ended the way it did. It's safe to say that I won't be agreeing to do anyone else's homework again. Although I may make an exception if a cute girl asks me. I do miss certain aspects about hanging out with the cool kids, such as the nice cars and their lavish homes, but I guess I'm okay with just being me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.